Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, gorgeous goddesses, and welcome back to the Cool Mom 101 podcast. I am your host, Emily Kylo. I cannot believe we are back for season three. I'm so fucking excited for this season. You have no idea. We have some incredible guests coming up, and you'll also be hearing a little more from me with some shorter form episodes that will tackle all sorts of topics from manifesting, feminine energy, to running a business as a mom and just everything in between. And I would love to hear from you if there's something that you would like me to chat about. I'm here. So please send me a DM on Instagram. I'm always here to chat and I love, love hearing from you. So some guests we have coming up include an LA luxury real estate agent, a podcast manager, a wellness expert, And today we got a real treat. We have the founder and CEO of Mumgree. So that is today's exciting episode. So before we get into that, I wanted to let you all know Confidence Crush, my four-week course designed to help you crush your confidence so you can live your purpose is coming up in June. So it's four weeks, there's four modules, and we are really going through all areas of your life where developing your confidence will ultimately lead you to being able to fully live your purpose. So that's what you want in your life. You want to be living your purpose. And without confidence in all these different areas of your life, it's going to be really difficult to do that. And that's not what I want for you. I want you to feel so confident in these areas that you know exactly what your purpose is and how to fully live it. So we're going to go through self-confidence, money, confidence in our business or career, and confidence in our relationships. So really all these different areas they really ladder up into allowing you to live that purpose. So I can't wait to welcome you babes into this course. So make sure you go sign up now at bit.ly slash confidence crush and all the deets are there as well. Okay, let's get to today's episode. As I mentioned, we have Lillian, who is the founder and CEO of Mumgree. They make delicious nut butters with only the good stuff. And they've been featured on NY Mag, Complex, and also on Beyonce's website. No big freaking deal. So in this episode, we chat how she got the idea for Mumgree and how she started to build her business. We talk about her love of podcasts and how she got into podcasting with her bestie and make sure you check out her podcast. It is linked in the show notes. It's awesome. We talk how she's built the Mumgree brand and the importance of community connections. And we talk about what it was like to be featured by the one and only Queen Bee. So let's get to it. I guess I should say Queen Bay. Anywho, you know what I meant. Let's get to it. Here is Lillian from Mumgree. So welcome to the show, Lillian. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm really excited to chat with you. Oh, same girl. Feeling is mutual. (laughs) 
Oh, motherhood. <laughs> I know, right? So we are going to jump right into the mom fashions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm okay. ready. I have <laughs> coffee in hand. <laughs> oh, then you're real prepared. I love it. <laughs> What's the best part of being a mom? Discovering more about how humans are grown. Like, I know that sounds so wild and weird, but I find that the coolest thing about being a mom is being able to like really witness the growth of a human being from start to, you know, eternity, <laughs> we hope. But I, I just feel like being able to see my child grow and, you know, discover what parts of him are from me, what parts of him are from my partner, what parts of him are entirely from him, you know, from his own kind of character is just the sweetest part. And of course the hugs and the kisses and the love that comes from it. But I just find that it's, it feels like the coolest experience of all time being able to like nurture a human being. Mm -hmm. It is actually wild when you think about that, you know, my son, for example, he's only been here for just over two years. And sometimes you forget because they, they seem so evolved. And then I stop and think sometimes, oh my goodness, he's only been on this planet Earth side for two years, you know? He, he has not been here long. <laughs> yeah, and it goes by so fast. Like we were, I was just feeding my son avocado and that was his very first food, like solid of all time. And, um, and he's, he's three now, but like when I fed him, uh, when I fed him the avocado, I thought about his first time having it. And I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't that long ago. No. You know, here he is chomping down on everything. Like it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I agree that it is really, really cool to witness and just to have that privilege of being along for the ride as they grow and evolve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a great experience and it's, and it's one that like, I find that if you, if you really step away and look at it, like I, I tend to notice his growth or just like, you know, certain things that he's learning when I see him interacting with other people, like whether it's, you know, an auntie or an uncle or a friend, but like, I just find that it's, it's just so beautiful to see how much they absorb from everything. And it's scary at the same time. Cause you're like, Oh my God, did first? <laughs> like, he's going to pick up on that. But, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's beautiful to, I think, it, I think it's the greatest privilege is not only just a mom, but just as a parent, being able to see a human being sprout. <laughs> the sprouting. I love it. Yeah. So switching gears a bit here, what is the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom? Oh my goodness. Patience. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that a thousand trillion times, but I feel like I didn't know I, I actually, I, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give myself credit and I think every mom should give themselves credit on this. We don't realize how much patience we have until we are raising a little human. Like it is it a tremendous amount of patience you have to have because there's just such a lack of communication <laughs> that takes place and you have to really put yourself in a state of Zen to just hope that things will evolve and get better and that eventually they'll understand what you're trying to tell them and then you'll understand what they're trying to tell you. But I feel like that is definitely the number one thing is just 
patients. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's definitely, that definitely rings true for me. And I think I was someone who wasn't always very patient. And so I often say to people that for me, motherhood has been actually a huge personal growth tool for me as well, because they really do put a mirror up for you and you don't have time to mess around. You kind of have to sort your shit out right away. (laughs) Um, And patience has been a big, big learning curve for me because like you said, the communication between you is not really there yet. And then you add in something like you're just trying to cover their basic needs and it's not happening. Like feeding a child isn't always easy. And so it can be so, so challenging. And then for me right now, we're in the middle of a bit of tantrum, tantrum central, I'm calling it. Oh yeah, me too. And, yeah. How's so how's that going for you? <laughs> you know, but back to the patients, it's, I yeah. think it's going to continue to come up for probably both of us. It's, it's made me have to look at it at a deeper level again and say, okay, how can I, how can I not let this trigger me? How can I show more patience? How can I show more empathy for the fact, like we said, these kids have only been here for two or three years. So, mm-hmm. you know, God, I give them some credit here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been the, I, and I find that, you know, you nailed it with the feedings with just eating food. Uh, that is where I find it's required the most because you know, they're developing their palate and they're discovering what it is that they like for now, right? And it's going to keep changing and and you just have to stick with it and, and hope that eventually they'll enjoy something that you've put on the table. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I hear that from so many moms, that yeah. whole that whole joke around, you know, you put all this time and effort into a meal and then nobody eats it. <laughs> oh, I that happened last night. We made it amazing tacos. Um, there were tofu tacos. My son used to love tofu, like loved it. And then all of a sudden overnight, boom, no longer liked it. And I was sitting there going, okay, well, I've got this avocado, so I'll give him this. And then I went and grabbed a sweet potato, mixed it up with some ricotta for him and was like, please eat this. And then tried to put together whatever else I can find. And eventually he ate all of it. And I was like, okay we won today. <laughs> yes. Count that as a win. Yeah. I think for, for me, I just, I never wanted to be in a position where I was a short order chef constantly making my kids completely different meals. Yeah. And I'll preface, like, I understand that some kids at certain phases, it's going to be a little more challenging, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of like you, I try my best to offer what we're having. And, you know, if there's some leftovers that he wants to dig into as well, sure. Mm-hmm. But I do not want to get into short order chef mode. Yeah. That's, that's not my world. I can't do that. It's too, I mean, it's just too much. Like, it, it, and, and I, that's the way I grew up. Like my, my mom, she gave me what everyone else was eating. Right. There wasn't any special dish for me. I remember just hating things and loving things. And the portions were insane because I have three older brothers. And so she would give me the same portions as them. I'm like, I am not six foot four. Like I can't eat all of this. And I would just get left at the dining table in the dark, just eating the food, trying to, trying to devour as much as possible. But yeah, yeah. I just gave you my whole life story right there in a nutshell. I love that. And I can totally, you gave me such a strong visual. I can picture just little Lillian trying to just keep chewing her food. 
<laughs> just like sweating for no reason. And my, I had like the little pot belly too. Oh man, it was a mess. So cute. <laughs> so cute. I love it. So Lillian, I would love to hear from you. What is your daily ritual? So this is something I love asking the women who come on my podcast because typically they're busy entrepreneurs and also have families and also are their own human beings. So we'd love to hear from you. What's your daily ritual that keeps you grounded and able to do all the amazing things that you're up to? I am huge on meditation. I believe in it strongly. I think it's I think it's the key to life. I would not be able to get through a week without it. Like it's, I try to do it every single day. Of course, there's days where I miss out, but I just feel like it really sets the course for me. It works better than a checklist. It works better than anything. It actually produces the checklist because it it clears my mind. It allows me to be still and just understand what my vision is and give all my attention to it. And so I do that first and foremost when I start my day. It all starts with meditation and I'm not good at meditation. Like that's, that's another thing. Like I, I, I hear a lot about meditation. There's a trillion apps that anyone can, you know, download and and try out. And I'm definitely the person who's tried all of them, but I find that at the end of the day, I've read a few books that have really helped me out. And, um, but it's just about doing it your way and don't feel like you have to be good at it. And I don't attach it to anything. Like I'm not doing yoga and meditation. I'm just literally being quiet for five minutes a day, which seems like a short period of time, but that is forever. It feels like a long time. So I give myself that five minutes to just sort myself out and and really hear myself and be still. And then the rest of the day is usually filled with trying to find moments for, uh, you know, calm, but most of the time I'm doing a variety of things connected to my business. But um, by the end of the day, at about eight o'clock, I shut everything down. So as soon as my son is asleep, I am trying my best to stay away from devices and in business and really just focus on self-care and whether that's uh, Netflix or uh, whether that is being, you know, in front of a book or whatever it is, I, by eight o'clock, I really try to focus on something unrelated to business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, so important. I actually think I'm going to do a whole episode on my nighttime routine because everybody's always up on the morning routine, start your day. And it is so important But I think sometimes we forget that the unwind is equally, if not more important, because sleep is literally the most healing thing that you can do for yourself. And if you don't set yourself up to have a good sleep and Mm -hmm. to have that wind down time you're talking about, which is such a strong form of self-care, then I think you're really doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the one I find that my nighttime unwind time is so important to me. Like if I'm working right up into the point where I'm going to bed, I'm not sleeping well because my brain is still going at a trillion miles per hour. So you really need that time to decompress and just reset and get yourself ready for the next day mentally. Like it's so important. And And it's one of these things where like you can really see the difference, like experiment with it, like try 
living through a day where you go to bed with business being the last thing that you've done and, and, and see what your day is like the next day versus giving yourself that, you know, two hour break or three hour break to, to just do something different and focus on yourself. And then you'll see such a huge difference between the two days. You'll get way more done the next day. You'll feel so much more clarity on everything. Yes, absolutely. And I think it just does, like you said, give you that space. And that was a big thing that I had to learn because I'm very much a, I was very much tending into that masculine energy of do, do, do. I had a million to-do lists. I had tons of projects always going. Mm -hmm. And I still do now. And the thing that I am very passionate about too, is that those things are going to be there the next day regardless. So <laughs> yeah, why yeah. not take that time? Like your DMs, they're going to be there. Yes. Your emails are going to be there tomorrow. So no need to stress about it. And like you said, work right up until you're going to bed because that just really throws your sleep off and then you're going to be depleted the next day. Yes. And I, I use, I get, I give myself the hardest time. Like I'm my worst critic and I used to beat myself up for not responding to people right away. But I realized that that response that I can be giving them immediately is not the processed response. Like you have to give yourself time to process what it is that's being asked of you or shared with you. Like you, it's it, we live in this world where everything is so instant and it's not necessarily practical like if if someone's asking you for something like consider it right like give everything consideration before saying yes or before responding or before cuz it'll it'll just it'll reduce the amount of stress that you have at the end of the day <laughs> if you're able to like really process it prior to like responding and then having a commitment and having a whole list of things to do and feeling overwhelmed and you know the anxiety kicks in and depression and all this stuff and it's just like you got to really give consideration it's so important yes absolutely and it, i truly believe and it's been my experience too that people do respect those boundaries even though i understand what you're saying about how a lot of people expect this instant response. I think people also respond well to the fact that you have boundaries and that you don't want to be answering your DMs at 9 p.m. No, no. And I will not answer a DM at 9 p.m. unless it's like absolutely critical. Like I, that is, that is actually something that's so funny you mentioned that. Yeah. It's, it's, we have to all kind of it, at least put each other put ourselves in one another's shoes. You know what I mean? Like understand what's happening on the other side of that DM. Like the person might be sleeping or they might be having their final moment of calm or whatever it is. And just understand that the response will come when it needs to. And that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So Lillian, what are you most grateful for in your life right now? I am most grateful for my health. And I know that that might be the most typical answer right now, considering the state of the world, but I just feel like there is so much concern that is layered on top of this pandemic because of our health and our state of 
our, our own individual health. So I, I have a lot of friends of mine who have health concerns prior to the pandemic, and I can't imagine what they're feeling like right now and what they're experiencing right now. And, and so right now I'm just, I'm most grateful for my health. And second to that, I would just say I'm most grateful for the community because I think that with Mumgree, it, it's, it's, it's more than just a peanut butter brand. And I know a lot of people have said really kind things about how, you know, it's brought a lot of joy to people, but I think that the joy has actually come from the people who are enjoying it more or less us like seeing other people transfer their joy or share their joy and also you know engage and do things uh that they've never done before because they've heard about it through our platforms has been like something that I'm just so grateful for like seeing people focus on their happiness more and giving attention to their self-care is something that I'm really grateful for because at the end of the day that's what matters to us most of all is just knowing that we're doing something bigger than ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And I will also say, I feel like joy is just underrated. Yeah. Like, yeah. Joy is really where it's at, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's joy. like the priority in my life. How can yeah. I have more joy? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's such a, it's such an ignored thing. That's the thing. It's like, we wish upon it. We want it to happen all the time. Um, we're sad without it, but you know, I've I've been able to learn quite a bit. We had um, Dr. Tal Ben Shahar, who's a Harvard professor. He taught a lot about, or he mentions a lot about how, like, you know, during this time of quarantine, a lot of us think that we have to quarantine our happiness, and that's completely false. Like, this is the time where we need to elevate our happiness because there's just so much sadness everywhere, right? And so there's different ways that we can kind of choose to do that on a daily basis. And the biggest ways um, that he talks about is like gratitude, like just being able to show gratitude, you'll be able to feel so much happier in your daily life. And so we take that really seriously and, you know, have a tremendous amount of gratitude to, to everyone that's, that's a part of our community. I love that. And that is absolutely why I love asking this question because I think people, you hear about gratitude a lot and it is in some ways a bit of a buzzword for a lot of people, but it's not for me. It's something I really embody and have learned this last year or so, so much from how I am in control of the amount of gratitude I feel mm -hmm. and then strongly linked to that how much joy I feel. And that might be a bit of a hard message for some people, but it's it really is you at the end of the day who can decide how much joy you want in your life, how much you're going to be grateful for. That's really up to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it's so crazy because like, I don't know if you've experienced this with your child before, but I find that like, even with my son, when I see him say thank you, like when I tell him like, okay, now say thank you, and when, when a child says thank you, they kind of smile, like when they're done. Do you know what I mean? Because they know mm -hmm. that they've done something that feels good, right? And it's so trippy. Like I'll be watching my son and, and I'll say, okay, now say thank you. And he'll be like, you know, it's usually mumbled, but he'll say thank you. <laughs> and, then, and then if you just look into your child's eyes, like more times than not, they're, they're usually pretty 
happy that they've gone through that exercise. And so for me, it's like gratitude and a sense of humor were the two things that I wanted most in my child and I'm working towards. Um, Everything else is secondary for me. But yeah, just having a sense of humor is something that I think is really important as well to just nurture as much as possible. (laughs) Totally. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with joy being a little underrated. (laughs) And like, if you have the more joy you have in your life, the less room there is for super terrible things and negative emotions. That's just the hard truth on that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, Lillian, last one of this opening segment gets a little bit deep here. I mean, we've already kind of gotten deep, so I feel like we're at that level already here. What, what is your why for your life? So why do you create the business you've created, engage your community the way you do, raise your son the way you do, all the amazing things you're doing in your life? What is your why? Oh, definitely family. Like family is my biggest why. Like everything comes back to my family. Every single good family moment is what I would, is how I would summarize my why. I just want to have more good times with my family. And that doesn't mean going on a vacation or, you know, doing anything that requires a ton of money. It just means that I live for my family. Like my family is my all and everything. And if I can work and have more time with them, even if it's sitting in our living room playing cards for the billionth time in the past two years, then that's okay. That's, that means that I've done my job. So I just, that is my biggest why. And, 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 you know, being able to support other people is, is, I mean, as anyone would see watching our business is, is our, is a big part of our whole ethos is being able to just make other people's lives a little bit better. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like that was a pageantry answer, but it, it really is the truth. <laughs> oh yeah, I can. It's it's authentic. That it is what that's what it is. You can tell. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So let's dig right into Mumgree. Let's chat about what your business is for anyone who is new to you and doesn't know. So what's the business? And then what's your kind of evolution and birth story? How did it all come about? So Mumgree is a plant-based snack food company. And uh, our first offering is our delicious natural nut butters. And the way that it was birthed was when I was pregnant, I would, I was working for a tech company and I would go across the street to the grocery store. Um, and I would walk, you know, wander around and try to find a snack. And I found that it was really frustrating to find snacks and food in general, because I was so concerned with making sure that what I was eating was good for me and that it was good stuff. And so I would, you know, often just be standing in the aisle reading labels and deciphering whether or not things were good for me. I would be Googling. And uh, one day I came home frustrated, super hungry. And my husband was trying to ask me what I wanted for dinner. And it was one of these typical Vancouver rainy, dreary days. And 
I said, I don't know what I want. All I know is that I'm mumgry. And I screamed at him, like I yelled really loud. And he kind of started laughing and he's like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm mumgry. I was like, it's a feeling. It's how I feel. I'm just mumgry. Like, why does it have to be this way? And, uh, and he kind of joked about it at the time, but he was like, I think you should trademark that. And he's like, you got a point. Cause we had a, a larger discussion about it. And I said, things should be simplified. Like it shouldn't be that hard for us. You know, there's, there's food designed for people that want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. There's food designed for people who want to lose 10,000 pounds. There's people, you know, there's food for people who never want to eat, you know, an ounce of, of uh, a certain type of animal or, you know, whatever it is. There's, there's just so many different diets that are created for humans, but you would think that there would be food specific to the people who were growing the humans, right? Like you think that that process would be super easy. And so I did have a strong craving for, for peanut butter, but what happened was I, I went to go see my gynecologist and we started talking about snacks and what I can eat throughout the day. And, and she kind of emphasized the benefits of nuts and how important they are and how much nutrition is in, in them when it comes to, you know, protein and iron and, and, you know, just being able to include that throughout your day can have a significant amount of effect just on your body um, as a pregnant or non-pregnant person. So with Mungri, it was all about, okay, let's create a snack food company where it's inclusive. Like it's not just for moms, but it is especially for moms. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's for everyone to enjoy, but we're not leaving out the moms on this one. So, you know, if you don't have a nut allergy, this is something that will be good for you. And so we just try to really simplify snacking. I love that. And as someone who is very well-versed on the nutrition and wellness space, I'm not an expert. I'm more someone who is always trying to optimize my health. And I learned quite a while ago that nutrition is something that you really want to focus on if you are interested at all in optimizing your overall health. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of these things where like, I think it really started to become more or less of an idea and more of a, I can't go through the rest of my life without making sure this happens was when I was in when I, during my postpartum, because mm. I found that my energy needed to be so high and I would forget to eat sometimes, like not on purpose, just in the, in the busyness of trying to make sure that I was doing everything as best as possible. I wouldn't know what to eat. I didn't want to think about what to eat. I just wanted to eat. Like I knew I had to eat cause I was breastfeeding and I, and I need the energy most of all, just for my child and for my baby, but like I, I, I knew at that time I started snack prepping and really realized like okay, I need food that has natural protein, natural energy in it. So um, yeah, it's and it, and it just I think that's the thing is a lot of people don't have time to focus on their nutrition. So the idea that you can just trust in a snack is really required right now. Like it's really important to be available on shelves. Mm -hmm. And anytime I think that you can offer something in the marketplace mm -hmm. that takes any of the thinking work out of it, yeah, 
Yeah. Removes all the guesswork, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge, huge benefit. And I would love to hear a little more about, so you kind of talked about how you identified that there was a bit of this space in the market and that's really what entrepreneurs do. You, you see this gap. Mm -hmm. And so once you kind of identified this gap and it sounds like you were very inspired to go in that direction, you knew you wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. What did that process look like once you kind of decided like, yes, I am going to make this healthy plant-based line of snacks? The biggest step was, or what, what transpired was understanding that I needed to become really educated on what I wanted to do in every aspect from like the production, the actual making of like everything I needed to become uh, super knowledge or super smart when it came to understanding how the whole business was going to operate. Because one of the things that I think a lot of us are really good at is we're great at dreaming. And that's something that, you know, is required for sure, because you have to have a vision for what you want to do. But I think the hardest part of starting any business is being able to really break down the path to getting to that dreamy moment of seeing the completed product. So it was just, for me, it was just about creating the blueprint of what it was actually going to take in order to get my product. And then also understanding the understanding the pillars of the brand was really vital. So like understanding what we, what we represent, what we stand for, what matters to us the most, who our audience is, what we're really trying to achieve. It was really the beginning of it all and continues to this day. Like we're constantly reevaluating and making sure that we're staying in line with the, you know, the foundation of this business. So yeah, a lot of learning. That's really what it was the beginning step. And I think, I I feel like that's where a lot of us tend to kind of give up in our business, uh, sort of things or the things that we want to do in business, because I've, I've given up on so many dreams, like trillions of dreams. I can't even tell you if I, the amount of domains that I own is unbelievable. (laughs) I am GoDaddy's biggest customer. And I, to this day, like I buy domains more than I buy anything on this planet Earth, more than I buy clothes or anything. <laughs> so I have a billion ideas. If anyone would like them, visit. No, I'm kidding. I have a lot of ideas <laughs> that get washed away because it's the homework part, right? It's like, it's almost like going back to our high school days. You know, you want to do something great, but you're, you don't necessarily want to do the work that's required. And so for, for Mumgri, it was about convincing myself that I could do the work and that I had what was required to do the work and that if I didn't have it, I was going to find a way to get it. But yeah, I think the homework part is, is, was the toughest hurdle. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that though, because I am someone who strongly believes in being a real lifelong learner, no matter what your career is. And especially, I think as entrepreneurs, I'm always looking for ways I can learn through yeah. business coaches, through, through courses, through just my own research, through talking to people. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly figuring out where else I can learn. And the other thing, the flip side of that, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught in this trap too, though, is not starting 
until they feel like they know everything. So I think there's kind of that balance. I think you do need to do so much research and figuring out and learning and getting a lot of those practical details. But if you wait to know everything you need to know about, for example, for you, consumer packaged goods, there would be no mumgree at all. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, 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 you know, if you, if anyone were to go back and look at the beginnings of Mumgree, we weren't even selling Mumgree when we were online. We started with our podcast because I knew I can talk. I knew I can speak to it. I didn't even have everything completed yet. I knew that I wanted to grow my idea as much as possible. And so I reached out to my best friend in LA and I said, you know, I want to, I want to speak about my business. And I want to speak about really important things that we're kind of experiencing. Um, And it really instilled a lot of confidence in the business side of things because I was able to see it working. And so going to what you're saying, it's really important that you do take those first steps, no matter how big or small they are and kind of treat it like a puzzle, right? Like you don't have the whole puzzle done, but at least you have some pieces together and it will continue to grow and, and, eventually it'll be a full picture, but you just, you have to put some pieces together in the beginning for sure. Yes. I love that visual. It's so, so true. And I think not overstressing to your point that you might not fully see the picture. You got to hold the vision Mm -hmm. of what you're aiming, but also being a bit flexible that the puzzle when it's finished might look a little different. And then maybe you're going to build another puzzle and all good. (laughs) All of a sudden, you got a thousand-piece puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's perfect for quarantine time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, so this is really interesting. I wasn't aware that you kind of started your podcast first. So yeah. could you talk a little bit more about how you got into podcasting and what you love about it? So we started... So. Podcast. I've always been a huge fan of podcasts. Podcasts are incredible, and I'll listen to a trillion of them a day. I just really love podcasts, and so I was listening to a ton of them, but I wasn't hearing the conversations that I wanted to have. I heard great conversations, but I I wasn't hearing the ones that were kind of piquing my interest as much. And so I would have conversations with my friend Izzy, and every time that we would talk we wish that we were recording our conversations because they were so funny and we were kind of like laughing and learning from one another and stuff. And so I asked her if she would do it with me and and she said yes. And again, didn't have any of the right equipment, had to learn through that, didn't have, you know, wasn't sure how to edit, had to teach myself that. But my first piece of my puzzle was at least get on the phone and just record it and see what happens. And so we went to, I think we might've gone to like Skype or whatever. And and we just talked to each other and recorded it and, and started from there. And then I was actually just reminded the other, or was it yesterday, the first giveaway that we did was for Michelle Obama tickets. And that was something really important to me because I was so happy with the, I don't know, 10 listeners that we had at the time. <laughs> um, and so I, I wanted, you know, a way to just welcome and appreciate the few people that were really supportive of, of us at the very beginning. And so we kind of gave this larger than life giveaway prize. And 
the person who won just posted it yesterday as kind of like a throwback. And I teared up a little bit because I was like, wow, that was, that was a huge risk for us. Like she didn't realize it because she won it, but it was floor tickets. Definitely couldn't afford that, but just invested in it knowing that, you know, I have to keep kind of making these risks and taking these big steps and just supporting my vision as much as possible by any means necessary. So yeah, that was kind of the beginning of podcasting. And since then I've learned a lot. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, (laughs) way too many. Uh, I've, I've actually been a part of podcast workshops, which is interesting. Like speaking about our podcast, um, definitely don't consider myself any type of expert, but it is nice to have those conversations and kind of understand where other people are struggling with it. But it's, it's a really, it's something that I really enjoy and that I continue to pay attention to and learn about. It's so cool. And that's super inspiring what you said about taking those risks and those leaps of faith along the way, because I think it is important, of course, following your instincts and really tuning into that intuition, but understanding that you do need to take some risks and some leaps if you want to reap the rewards. Oh, for sure. And it's like, it's so funny because I find that with podcasts, it's often the equipment that stops people from, and just the the act of having to edit, which hinders people from wanting to start their own. But I always say, okay, start talking. That's your podcast. <laughs> Once you, like, if you can talk, you can create your podcast eventually. You just need to start with something. So like, you know, if, if my child grows up wanting to be an incredible basketball player, if he says to me, mom, mom, I need those Jordans. I'll be like, just start playing basketball and the Jordans will come. Like they'll, they'll show up one day, but you have to start. You just got to get it going. Absolutely. You can't let, and this, I come across this with my clients a lot too. They get worried about, oh, I don't have the perfect images to put on my website or I don't, my website's not good enough or this, that, and the other thing. And I kind of have a similar philosophy to you. Mm-hmm. It's start where you're at and then you can always upgrade. Oh yeah. And, and trust me, the upgrade will come a lot sooner than if you didn't start at all. Like, and I don't know if that makes any sense, but like when we launched our website in the very beginning, I had done the whole thing on my own. It wasn't great. It was, it was, (laughs) (laughs) it was very minimal. Um, But I knew what I wanted to see. And so I budgeted for that. I was like, okay, by week 20 or 30 or whatever, I should be able to start working with my, you know, dream web designers or between my husband and I, we can start to really map out what it is that we want this to look like and work together and get it done. And so it was, it was very much like building the steps to getting there versus not doing anything at all and hoping that we would get there. Cause you need some form of platform to sell your goods. <laughs> like you need something there. So yeah. Absolutely. And you're not going to build an audience if you don't start your podcast or don't start your Instagram. Your audience will be zero and you're going to sell exactly zero products if you have no, like you said, form to sell them through. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And it's, it's so different when you think about product and stuff, it's so different from 
way back in the day, like Mad Men days where you would have these massive brands, right? And we had no idea who was behind them. Like, I can't tell you anything about the Coca-Cola family. No disrespect. They're probably great people. Hopefully they are, (laughs) but I don't know enough. I mean, I do know a lot about them because I studied them, but there's a lot of things that we don't know about these big brands. And now we live in this world where it matters to all of us. Like we want to know, like our purchase power is important to us. We, we, we want to know who the maker is, you know, what are they using for their product? What is it doing for our planet? And so if you're not putting that information out there, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because no one's just brought, buying for the logo anymore is really what has happened. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Those days are pretty numbered, if not gone altogether. And I think you do a really good job of showcasing who you are and who you are as a brand. I feel like it comes across really, really well on social media. And I also really admire all of the kind of collaborations and partnerships that you and Mumgri get into. And I would love for you to speak a little bit about um, partnerships and how you approach them and why you think they're important. So prior to being an entrepreneur, I have worked for a billion different companies. And (laughs) so I've always been in a very, like I've been in a, in a team environment for pretty much my entire adult life. And I've always worked on projects. I've always worked on things that exist and then they go away and they're kind of one-offs. And so I think for me, it really comes natural to want to, you know, reach out to brands or companies or businesses that we admire and, and do really cool things with them. But for us, it's, it's always about whether or not it makes sense. Again, like bringing back to our understanding our pillars and realizing whether or not it, it fits for our brand. But, you know, we saw something at the very beginning of this pandemic where small businesses were not doing well. A lot of people had to shut their doors down almost immediately because, you know, government assistance wasn't even there yet. And it was a really big struggle. And we realized that, you know, with markets closed and things like that, we were relying on these small businesses to sell our goods, but we weren't respecting and putting value into the real estate that they were giving us on their shelves. And so we took the responsibility and and were really accountable for what they were experiencing and decided to shine a light or give attention to their shops. And that's kind of how the shop tour came about. We connected with Visa and Visa was able to, you know, offer us their platform to really showcase, you know, what small businesses were doing to pivot during this really crazy, difficult time. And from there, it's, it's really been about that for us, like whether it's being able to connect with the federal to create amazingly delicious cupcakes and cakes, which I just, my mouth was watering because I have not had one in one day and I want another one. <laughs> um, but to do that and, and to know that the funds that, you know, are, are going towards the downtown Eastside Women's Center, like things like that really inspire us to, to, to collaborate with certain people. And like, you know, with Nightingale, it was about bringing attention to the fact that you can still have 
a date night experience with a really great restaurant and and support their team because restaurants are suffering tremendously. Like it's really, really bad. And so we just wanted to really work with different people and different brands and and give them the attention that we feel they should have because of their work in their own communities as well. And we don't reap any benefits from it. Like it's it's really funny because someone asked me like, well, like you guys, you know, you guys sold a lot of, what did they say? They said, oh, you guys sold a lot of uh, brunches or, or, or whatever it is. And we're like, we don't, we don't make money for, like, this is our community work. Like we're doing this for these brands and for these businesses. So, you know, what we're able to do is, is, is bring the peanut butter and, and see how the magic comes about when we're able to come together and create really special, delicious products and, and things like that. So it's been amazing, but definitely love collaborating. It's a lot of fun. I love that. And now you've made me hungry. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> like what? Tell me about these cupcakes. It sounds delightful. Oh my God. They're insane. I can't even get into it. They're just, oh, they've got this peanut brittle that is, I, yeah, it's so good. Like it's, it's got a cheesecake filling that just pops up and it's the best surprise that you'll ever have. And I, I mean, you're talking about joy, the joy that comes through with each bite of this uh, is another one. It's the best cake I've ever had. And I'm not even just saying that because <laughs> it has mum green in it. Like I, I think my expectations when it comes to certain things is always really, really high. And so when I had the first bite, and tasted it I said to myself this is way better than I think I could have ever imagined and I <laughs> and I'm, I'm really critical when it comes to like density and moisture and what it tastes like and texture and all that stuff so highly recommend that cake and yeah they have cupcake versions as well <laughs> mm. Yeah. Now, seriously, very, very hungry now. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> So something that I wanted to ask you about as well was, and I'm sure this must have been somewhat of a highlight for you so far with the brand, was the fact that Beyonce featured you. So what was that like? And has that been one of your kind of highlights so far? It was insane. It was, it was, um, it was out of this world. It was really crazy. I, I, I'm still like, I don't really have, I don't think I'll ever have the words to describe what it was like because it was, it was just very out of this world for me. And I say that because I have a tremendous amount of respect for her and what she has done for this planet and how much she's contributed in so many different ways. And so any form of recognition is for me, it's like it, it means way more than I can ever really put into words because I have been a, I want to say a student of her work. I've, I've watched, I mean, I'm not a singer, but I think that there's, you know, with her singing, she comes with so much more and, and gives back so much to so many people. And I just have a tremendous amount of admiration for her. So it was just an out of, out of body experience. Like I scream, it, it's on video. Like I lost my mind. I'm, I wasn't normal that day. <laughs> I'm still not quite normal, but it was, uh, 
it was incredible. She, um, she's someone who's inspired me. I've been to what five concerts of hers, listened to every album. Like I'm a fan first. So for me, it was just very, very special. Well, it's super, super cool and very, very well deserved. You are a thousand percent worth the hype. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And Beyonce says so. So then you know it's for sure the real deal. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I don't know if she said so, but I just (laughs) I'm very, very honored that she uh, that she made time for for just seeing our product. That that means more than anything. Well, you're a rock star and that was super cool. And I think something, it's not like you need, and this is a thing, you don't need any external validation to know that you are on the right path. And I do truly believe that. And yeah. it is nice to be recognized. It is. Yeah. I, I, I always say that um, I think our business has thrived the most because of the community that stands behind it like more so than anything. There's no way that anyone would be able to see anything that we were doing at any time if the people who uh, enjoy Mungri didn't spread the word and didn't talk about it and didn't kind of echo our our conversations that we're having. Like, I just think that everything has come from the community that stands with Mungri and it means so much to us. Like, it's it's uh, it's that's what really... For me, I'll never have the words for that. Like, I'll never be able to describe how much it means to see someone post about us or send really, really kind messages or say that they relate to something that we spoke about on the podcast or, you know, say that they learned so much about, you know, gender inequality or, you know, conversations that we're having that are really impacting our planet. I, yeah, it, it matters more than anything. That's so powerful. And community really does win everything. It, and that's, I think, really cool to hear that that's part of what's woven into your business and how you developed the brand and how you're kind of thinking about that always. I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our team Mumgri, everyone that's a part of Mumgri world <laughs> is, uh, is amazing. So we're just super grateful. Beautiful. Back to the gratitude, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So before we get to the lightning round, I wanted to acknowledge you, Lillian, and express my gratitude for the way that you are showing up in this world, not only how you're creating this amazing community with Mumgri and how you're taking a lot of the guesswork out of what healthy snacking can be, but just how you are showing up in all areas of your life and just being an all-around amazing human being. Wow. Thank you so much, Emily. That's, that's incredibly kind. Thank you. That means a lot to hear that. And I appreciate what you're doing as well. And I'm not just saying that to respond, but it's, it's uh, having a platform and space for mothers to hear their own stories come through is so important because it can be a very lonely world for us at times. So I appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. And yeah, it really is my pleasure and my, my honor to be able to share stories. And I, I just, I'm constantly so impressed with the women 
who I interview because they're mothers and entrepreneurs. And if you don't think that these people are super women, which I know the listeners do, but it's just so, so inspiring and so cool to hear these stories. So we can just get right into the lightning round. Okay, let's do it. Okay. What's your favorite book? Home Going. (gasps) It's so good. It's so good. It's, I can read it a billion times over. It's the best. It's a really, really beautiful book. I've read that one. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite drink? Um, right now it's right now we actually, we've been doing this coffee. It's, it is, it's a little bit of a mumgri plug, but we've been doing this iced coffee with mumgri that is actually insanely delicious. So that's my favorite drink at the moment. But, uh, if we're talking about alcoholic beverage, then it's always going to be orange wine. Sorry, orange wine. Oh yes. What is this? <laughs> it's, it's, incredible (laughs) it is it is literally life-changing it is it is it is like if white wine and red wine and rosé had a baby it made orange wine it is dry enough to not be too sweet it it's just it's just like the perfect balance of all things and it's so refreshing it's like if you're a beer drinker and you hate wine you're gonna love orange wine because it's 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 like this Oh, it's just insane. I think it's, from what I've read, it's the outside of the grape that's being used versus the inside, I think. Okay, well, now I'm going to have to add that to my list of things to try. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. best thing ever. (laughs) So what's your favorite podcast? Right now, it's How Neil Feel, which uh, is just because he's making fun of everything happening in the world right now. Okay, I'll have to check that one out. Neil Neil is 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 the full name of it, I believe. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Favorite TV show or movie? Favorite TV show? Okay, yeah. I'm favorite TV show. I'm gonna say Insecure just because I can watch it over and over again. But I'll say Insecure for favorite TV show. Favorite movie? Oh my god, this is a lightning round. Oh my god, this is so hard. Okay. Previous favorite movie was the original Old Boy because it's just masterfully, like it's just really well done. Um, not the new one, just <laughs> everyone knows that the original one that came out um, was my favorite movie. So I'll, I'll say that for now. But it's, it's definitely not a genre that I'm interested in. Like I'm not into like violence and thriller. It just happened to be a really well-made movie. That's kind of all of those things. Okay. I've never seen it. But now maybe I will. <laughs> it's creepy. It's not. It, it has just when you're watching it, don't think of me. Don't be like, this is what he's about. Like, it's not what I'm about. And I've seen so many great movies in the last little while. I'm just drawing a blank bit. But yeah, that, that was like my classic go-to favorite movie for a long time. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to look into it, but I won't think of you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite place you've traveled? Brazil. You've been to Brazil? For World Cup. It was incredible. What? That is a humble break. I, I, yeah, it was amazing. I would go oh my back God. over and over and over again. Yeah. We're going to have to have a whole other conversation about this because my partner's Brazilian. I've been there a few times and I just love it there. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can talk about Brazil all day long. I love it. There's actually this artist out of the UK. I was just listening to her and we're going to reference her in a post that we're doing pretty soon but she mixes bossa nova with like 
soul music and her music <gasps> is insane. And her name is Hope Tala and she's blowing up. And I just, I feel like she, she like makes me want to go back to Brazil. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So obviously we're not really traveling right now, but if I could wave my magic wand, you could get on a plane tomorrow, where would you go? Okay. So I've heard this question quite a bit and I love it. Now I have like the obvious answer, which is going to be an island, um, which is most likely Jamaica because I just love it there. Not where I'm from, but I just love it there. I go back a billion times over, but I would say LA because that's where my best friend lives. And I just miss being with my best friend. Like I miss being around people that feel like family. So super close by, but it would be as simple as LA. Mm, I love LA. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's fun. (laughs) Okay. Final question, Lillian. So confidence is something that I love teaching women about and sharing what I've learned. And for me, confidence is probably what was a big factor in you just going for it and starting to put those puzzle pieces together of Mm -hmm. this amazing brand you've built. So I'd love to hear what does confidence mean to you? Preparation. Honestly, it's just like when you feel prepared, when you feel ready, when you feel like yourself, that's when you're authentic. That's when you can walk with your head up high and you can answer things the right way and show up for your business like confidence to me is all about preparation Mm, well said and so important yeah yeah well thank you so much Lillian this has been amazing and I want to make sure everyone knows where to go follow you and where to get their hands on some mumgree so let us know where can we where can we find you you can find us mumgry.com, M-U-M-G-R-Y.com. And on social media, we are so simple and basic. We are at mumgry for everything, for every single platform. That's my, my dream, <laughs> my branding <laughs> dream. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you so much again, Lillian. This has been amazing and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been fun. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.